These are days of tough times and ongoing uncertainties. But in Spring Branch, we're taking tangible steps to help our local businesses by telling neighbors about PPP loans, linking them to online courses, and help from our top leaders. Spring Branch is working for businesses. Yours. Find out more at sbmd.org. In Spring Branch, we speak more than 145 different languages, and that diversity translates into a thriving economy. Our district's a melting pot. It's a great place to find the staff you need. Spring Branch is working for business. Yours. Find out more at spmd.org. Hi, and welcome to Looped In. This is the Houston Chronicle podcast all about real estate. The dirt, the deals, the people, the places, it's all here I'm Marissa Leck, real estate reporter at the Houston Chronicle. And I'm Rebecca Schutz, housing reporter at the Houston Chronicle. So today we're here with global architecture firm Ginsler, and we're talking to Dean Strombaum, who is the principal at Ginsler's Houston office, and Vince Flickinger, who is also based in Houston. Hi, Dean. Hi, glad to be here. Uh, again, Dean Strombaum with Gensler. I'm a principal here and I've uh, spent my entire career, which is an awfully long time at, at Gensler. Today, I work mostly doing consulting for our clients around their real estate strategy. And Vince, thanks for joining me again. I know I've talked to you for previous articles, so thanks for joining me, Vince. Thank you, Marissa. And thank you, Rebecca, for Having us today, my name is Vince Flickinger, and I'm the Global Practice Area Leader for Energy at Gensler. We invited them onto the show because there is some interesting things going on with office design right now as more companies start to return to the office post-pandemic and start to think about how they're going to interact with the physical office space again after two years of working remotely in our pajamas. What does that look like? So I guess just to start, I wanted to ask, what does workplace even mean anymore? You know, we've gotten so used to just workplace being wherever we can take our laptops and like have an internet connection and, you know, sign into Slack. So I'm just curious, you know, how, how do you define workplace and, and how did the pandemic sort of alter what workers and employees think about what the workplace is? So the workplace has really expanded because it's not just the office anymore. We've, we've proven that we can work at home and we've proven that we, over the years that we can work in a coffee shop. And now what we're trying to prove is how do we work in all these places, but do it better and more efficiently. And so the new workplace is just taking things that we've always done in some manner um, and kind of just realigning them. And I think the interesting thing about the office, it has a kind of a new moniker. It's more like the primary workplace. And primary doesn't necessarily mean that you are always in the office. It just means it's your primary workplace. You might be 10%, 30%, 50%, or even 100%. But the workplace now has a focus of where people have the ability to engage and connect with their fellow employees, guests, clients, etc. So it's like a a place where you know that you can come together to engage. Because focus work can happen at home, it can happen in the office, but it's very difficult to engage remotely. Um, the need for a physical presence and to be able to kind of read gestures and understand things um, really is accelerated when you're face-to-face in the same room. Yeah, and for me, I, I, I kind of separate the, the term work and the term place from one another. Um, mm. So we used to live in a world where you went to work 
and then you went home, and those were two distinct, different places where you did different things. Um, now, as as you've mentioned, it's it's just kind of all over the map. And um, to me, workplaces, wherever you're working, it's the place where you're working, and it could be uh, just about anywhere. Our research um, during the pandemic was showing that focus uh, work was actually done perhaps better at home than at the office um, for at least for some people and that uh, the office people were seeing as as a preferred place for collaboration um, and socializing and so some people have questioned well maybe people should split up their day and and schedule their day so that if they have meetings or a social uh, event, uh, maybe you go in, you make an appointment to go into the office for that and then stay home and do focus work. And I guess my belief is that, that people don't operate that way. You flow throughout the day from focused work to collaboration work, a little bit of socializing, a little bit of learning. Um, and so you can't divide up your workplace uh, very well by by chopping it into a bunch of pieces and, and commuting back and forth to do that. So that's why I think uh, the the office itself is is still relevant for all of those different work modes, and it just may take a different flavor today than it than it looked like before. Mm. One thing that has come up in my reporting about this issue, which has been one of the biggest topics of conversation in the commercial real estate world, you know, throughout the pandemic is, is office going away? It seems like it's not going away, but it's just going to look very different for a lot of companies. So I'm curious when you're working with different clients, uh, you know, who are rethinking about their spaces, what, what are the key things they're trying to address? The office really should be a place where employees want to come for multiple reasons, not just to collaborate or to socialize. And um, so we're working with clients day in and day out that really are struggling with what is going to be the the office, their office of the future. Um, and how are we going to engage our employees uh, in the process and and ultimately create a, a, a way of working that, that suits the company and fits with the culture. I think the office should be perceived as, as the preferred but not the exclusive place for work mm. with benefits that you really can't find at home or you can't find it at the local coffee shop or, or even a third-party co-working facility. If the workplace is designed and located appropriately, then I think leaders can offer choice and flexibility to their employees. And Dean, where you are seeing a difference between someone who's actually renewing a lease versus someone who's who just built, you know, pre-pandemic, and what are the opportunities when you're when you're mid-lease or you own it and you just redid something? So we're seeing some people come in and do some minor insertions to kind of test things, and then um, you know, Marissa, we had talked about uh, energy firm that we're doing in um, the Woodlands who has the opportunity because it's their first workplace ever to really kind of shake things up and learn from how they have evolved over the last two years. So there, there are different approaches and not everybody is doing the same thing because they're actually looking at what they need to do to evolve, enhance, grow their culture. 
like Dean said, it really depends on what the office is providing because we actually had a conversation. Was that last week, Dean? Where <laughs> are, are you downtown and there's plenty of amenities or are you in a suburban um, campus where the entities actually have to provide the amenities or people are then having to drive around? Yeah, we had an interesting experience. Vince and I worked on a, another company's offices in also in the woodlands, but not an energy company. And, and um, they uh, they moved in really just before the pandemic. And we went out of our way to create all sorts of different settings within the office, encouraging to work in a more agile and mobile way. And it's a terrific office and, and they loved it. They've come back to the office. They, they really enjoy it. But they asked us to come back in and make some tweaks to it because they felt like they still needed, in spite of all those settings that they had for different kinds of work, they needed to ramp up the pleasure side of coming to work. And so mm. they asked us to take what was a very nice coffee bar area and expand it and actually open it up to the outside, out beyond their building to an outdoor area that they have and, and sort of rethink that whole area so that people are see it as a, as a real place where they can get away and relax and have fun. And that's nothing like the rest of their office. What was that company? Uh, that's Howard Hughes. Oh, so you're saying for Howard Hughes office, uh, was this, uh, what is it? The towers at the waterway? Yeah. Yeah. Water. Yeah. That's a, that is a beautiful campus. And that used to be an energy company, right? That was in, that was Anadarko's in a dark yeah. space. So were you modifying, they have this gigantic plaza. Uh, I think it's like 30,000 square feet or something of green space. That was the one that you modified or? Yep. And in this space, which is actually, sorry, it's 33,000 square feet. There was a Howard Hughes team member whose daughter was actually planning to host her wedding there. She ended up having it inside because it was raining that day. But that just kind of gives listeners a picture of the type of space that this was, that people actually want to gather there. And Howard Hughes actually has had like movie nights there and other events. So it's just kind of an example of some of the cool spaces that are going into offices now that maybe make employees feel like there's another benefit to going into the office. You want people to have benefits of coming into the office beyond just collaborative or socialization. And I guess having a workplace that's beautiful enough to want to host your wedding there is w one additional. But I, I guess, you know, if I were workplace, I'd hear this and I'd be like, oh, what else should I be offering? You know, like what what are the other things that you're trying to um, use to draw people to the workplace? I went back um, 2018, 2019, uh, our firm-wide uh, office building uh, for developers practice area, which is a mouthful. Uh, they were looking at trends in the development business as what, what should developers that are building new office buildings uh, for the future, what should they incorporate? And, um, and again, this was before the pandemic was even uh, a notion, uh, mm -hmm. but they, that group within Gensler was saying, Every new office building should provide a connection to outdoor space. Every new mm -hmm. office building should be a, a catalyst for the community. 
Um, meaning it's it's not just the building itself, but it's the whole neighborhood that you'd want to develop into a place where people want to come. And then the third was uh, that every office building was what we were terming at the time an experienced supercharger, that it would be the kind of place where people would just want to come. So all of a sudden we have the pandemic. All three of those are still, if anything, amplified we talked a little about this before, Vince, about reimagining the office as like a destination. What are all the components? Like if you're talking to a company that is trying to bring that to reality to make the office into a destination where employees want to go, what are all the pieces in that? Where does everybody go when you go to a party? Everybody ends up in the kitchen. And what, is, what does the kitchen have? It has things to eat and drink, um, and then those things have conversation. And so once you give the ability for people to come together, the energy and culture of, of that entity, that organization, that firm starts to grow because more and more people start coming together. Um, we moved into our new office literally two months before um, the pandemic shut everything down, and we were seeing how we work differently with the opportunities that we have in our office. But then we weren't able to experience that until within the last year. And we're getting about a hundred and something people in our office, um, which is fantastic. But you're also starting to see spontaneous happy hours, um, people sitting outside in our, we have two outdoor areas we call front porch and back porch. But you're seeing people kind of the ability to create the spaces that they want within our spaces. And, and, and what is it that we provide them to create things, to move things around, to make these adjustments? So not everything is so strict and stuck and tied to one place. So then, Vince, you had talked about the idea of having spaces that sort of flow into one another and aren't necessarily defined, uh, you know, like, a conference space is not just a conference space or a break room or cafe is not just that. Uh, could you talk about what, what does that look like in practice, you know, in Ginsler's office or, you know, with your work with Lancium? So it used to be that we would say spaces could do double duty and, and that's still true, but I think the border between the spaces is not necessarily wholly defined anymore. So, you know, like Dean said, people want to ebb and flow in how they work. But, you know, they can ebb into like, you know, a quiet zone for focus, or they can migrate into a more active area because they want the energy of it and be in the middle of it all. Um, and that's also what these spaces are, are, are looking like. So when we toured Lancium through our space, they really kind of got it. When we when we spoke to them about it before they ever visited, they were like, "I don't I don't get what that means." And then the moment they walked in, they're like, "Okay, I see what it means." Because when you walk in, you really get to get a lay of the land, right? You get to see the reception area, a waiting area, a co-working area, meeting areas. Our main break room is in the middle of all this as well, and, and our resource center. And our resource center, like the, our library, and we have a maker space. It's like. You literally can stand there and, and take a whole view of the entire space and survey what it means to kind of work in our area and how we do things. And so with Lansing, we're they're a little smaller than we are and in, in a different situation. But you walk into their elevator lobby and you 
you're immediately drawn into their lounge area, which is their break room, meeting spaces, conference rooms, executive area. It's all in one space. And though they're kind of defined, they're semi-borderless, right? These things kind of ebb and flow. And we're starting to see a lot more of that. Um, they're not the, you know, we're not the only ones and not, um, Lansing, not the only ones. You're seeing other companies kind of think about what that means. And in fact, at Lansium, we have a receptionist, but Lansium has eliminated that kind of idea that you would walk up to a desk and check in. And their approach is, well, we're always going to have people in this area, and it's upon us to answer the front door and greet our guests. So it's a little different. Your offices are beautiful. Like, I don't know, they are like this place to explore, at least what I remember from seeing it before it was completed, you know, like... Also reminded me of like a certain environment in like Las Vegas where you're like, oh, let me come over and sit over here. Like this is like a cool little environment to like habitate. Like let's let's explore outside. You know, there's all these tables and almost like cabanas. No, like yeah. I feel like there's like little structures. And I was just like, oh, this is so fun. It feels almost like um like a work playground. Um, but <laughs> I feel a, like so you're like right in downtown. I'm just thinking from the perspective because this was our first back to work week, you know, and, um, you know, I do miss my kitchen. I miss being able to go because I, I feel like if I don't pack my lunch in the morning, you know, we're sort of in, a, we're in an area where I'd have to get in my car and drive somewhere to get food and then I'd lose an hour of my day. And I just feel like um, I can imagine this like really compelling environment you're describing, but I think a lot of offices are mid-lease or they're like really tied to the building and they're trying to figure out, oh, how am I going to navigate this? One of the things that I think a lot of companies are struggling with is how do you provide the employees the flexibility that they've learned to enjoy over the last couple of years working mm -hmm. remotely? Uh, one of our employees, for example, was saying that one of his favorite times of day is walking his three little girls to school. And before the pandemic, he didn't. He didn't even think to do that. He got up early and came to the office. So coming back to the office, we know that we now work in a different way and we should be able to provide that kind of flexibility in terms of a schedule that creates something that's extremely important to individuals or teams for that matter. And so I, I think that's that's part of it is is taking the time to understand what what the concerns and issues employees have. Um, where their hesitancies are, uh, and, and are there some workarounds? Are there some things that we can do that by either building something into the workspace to accommodate a need or to allow some flexibility to, to work in this hybrid manner that gives them the time that they need when they need it and, and work where they want to work? And what types of things can you build for like an existing space that would meet needs? A lot of our clients um, that have fairly dense offices, uh, we've come in and, and looked at ways to remove some of the workstations, suggest they look at more of a activity-based setting where people aren't necessarily assigned, every, every person assigned to a specific desk, which was allows more freedom to take a few things out and insert the kinds of spaces that might afford more uh, different kinds of, of working and collaborating. Uh, that, that's been a fairly easy fix for many of the companies that we're working on. 
Yeah, when I was talking to Shell, who is experimenting with some new design concepts at their Wood Creek campus in Houston, one of their pilot floors, they're actually maintaining the same number of individual workspaces, but they were able to reconfigure the layout so that it's they're actually increasing the collaboration spaces and the informal collaboration spaces, you know, just by changing uh, the actual individual workstations and lowering, uh, you know, some of the cubicle walls and taking changing conference rooms and making them more like open. So I think, and that's an example of a, you know, a company that is going to stay in their existing building. You know, they've invested a ton in their campus but still, you know, using that space and getting creative with just how the actual layout is. So I guess I'm just curious if you're seeing that more post-pandemic or, you know, during the pandemic, is is everything just going to kind of end up looking like a WeWork or an open office or, you know, have assigned desk? Like, are, are they out of fashion now or what? Can we finally get rid of cubicles? <laughs> Well, we're seeing cubicles disappear in some instances. So we're seeing what we call benching, you know, where there's no dividers. There might be an acoustical panel down the center, but not necessarily dividing the next person. And I think that with the amplification and almost 100% application of sit-stand desks, uh, you know, you're seeing these, instead of one surface that a lot of people work at, you're seeing multiple surfaces where people can control um, their elevation. And yes, that's becoming very popular. I think you're seeing a blend of everything and there's not one direction. It's really, you know, looking at the culture of the organizations and figuring out what's right for them. There's an awareness, I guess, now that you don't have to be shackled to your desk or to your cubicle Mm. any longer. Um, Now that we know we can work in other places very effectively. Um, I think organizations are much more open to the idea of what we used to call activity-based work, where you go to a particular place within within the workplace that's that's designed for a a task or a collaborative uh, experience. And, And people are much more mobile uh, not only within the workplace, but now in other places like co-working, and as as well as as at home and at you know third places like Starbucks. And and by third spaces for listeners who haven't heard that term, that's referring to a place outside your work, outside your home, where you may gather in the community, such as a cafe. And what you're seeing now is a lot of offices trying to actually mimic a third space within an office. So we saw the trend of the outdoor spaces and the collaborative spaces amplified in the pandemic. And I'm just curious if there's anything new that has come up during the pandemic, like a new concept, a new design trend. I've heard of companies being concerned with like HVAC systems now, which wasn't really, you know, a sexy thing that you would talk about before, but now... Uh, Back to awareness. I think people have more of an awareness about health and wellness these days than they might have in, in the past. I think back in the days in the traditional uh, offices, nobody ever thought about what the air quality was like coming out of the ductwork in their office. 
Now people have learned enough science to know that that's important. Um, and tenants are asking landlords, what's the air quality like in my office? We want to have spaces where people are are healthier and um, than by working in, in a space than had they not worked in that space. Uh, so we're building a lot of elements in air qualities. One of those, um, but, you know, at physical activities, an, another that we're trying to encourage throughout the workspace. Um, and then sensitivity to technology and all of that, that, that creates a, a better working environment for people. One thing that I found in one of your surveys, workplace surveys from 2021, was that top producing firms were three times as likely to increase their real estate footprint. I was just curious if you could elaborate more on that. So that came from our findings from our summer 2021 survey, where we went out to uh, over 2,000 employees from around the country. One of the first things we asked in the survey was if they worked for a company that was recognized and uh, was on the list as a best places to work, or if it's a company that was recognized as one of the most innovative companies or the uh, most admired companies. Those are all sort of lists, if you will, that various companies get onto. If they responded that they were on all three of those lists, and we took those respondents, put those aside, that ended up being 24% of our total responses. And we said, okay, if you made all three of those, not just one or two, then we're going to call you a, a, a top performing company. And so then we were able to compare the responses of the leaders as well as the employees from this 24% of survey respondents and see how they compared. Um, so what we found was that the 44% of the top performing companies um, are expecting to need more real estate post-COVID. Um, so these are growth companies to begin with, but we see that compared to the others, the general respondents, they were saying they'll either probably keep the same amount of real estate that they have today, or they'll be less real estate. Mm -hmm. So I guess what that tells me is it's not that the office is going away. It's just going to look different. <laughs> yes. At the, at the end of the day, it's just going to look different. Yeah, it's growing. It's shrinking. It's staying the same size. <laughs> you know, there, it, it's not just one, like we said, it's not just one answer. It's 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 the same. It's different. It's all the above. Thank you so much for for chatting with us, Dean and Vince, and appreciate hearing your perspective. And you know, excited to see some of the the futuristic designs turn out for Lancium and some of your other clients that you're working with. And thank you, listeners, for tuning in. If you ever want to send us a note or just say hi, you can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. I'm at Marissa Muck 7 And I'm at R-A Shoots. That's R-A-S-C-H-U-E-T-Z. And if you go to HoustonChronicle.com slash LinkedIn, you can check out our show notes. 
I will put in a link to my work on Shell's office redesign and some pictures of Ginzer's futuristic office downtown and some of the other work they're doing around this new design concepts. And of course, we just want to say thank you to our print editors, Rob Gavin and Lily Thomas, and of course, Scott Kingsley, our producer. And thanks to Farrell Gibbs and his band, all the kimonos for the theme music. Until next time.